Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 2-1 the final. Nashville over Buffalo. Sabres offense struggling to get anything by UC Saros. The only one that did was Olofsson on a penalty shot, but nothing 5-on-5 could get by him. The Sabres put 35 shots on goal. And come up empty on all those. The penalty shot, though, is the one that goes in. But a one-short game for Buffalo, 2 on the final. Sabres are now 10-13-2 on the season. As we welcome you back here to KeyBank Center, this is the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show. Visit your local Upstate Honda Dealers today. Brian Colziel, Pat Malacaro up here on the press box. Paul Hamilton's on his way to the Sabres dressing room. We'll get player reaction momentarily. Pat, another game here where we sit here and say the offense comes up short. We've been... We spent the majority of pregame talking about the struggles of the offense. The only goal comes via the penalty shot tonight. Yeah, and the Sabres did have a couple of chances in that third period. They had chances in all three periods, really. Um, but another night where you fall behind on a couple of goals and just are unable to recover. And we'll maybe wait and hear from Don Granato. Uh, Alex Tuck did not finish the game um, left the ice and, and did not return to the bench. So, you know, for a team already struggling, he was one of the players that had really been helping pick the team up off the map over the last couple of uh, games when they had been winners, and that could be a, another tough blow for this team. One player we were really focusing on tonight was Dylan Cousins. We heard his interview last night, last night where he was very candid, took a lot of accountability, self-accountability for himself, and he was probably the most notable saver tonight. Had a ton, I would say, I'll at least say minimum five quality opportunities to score. Missed the net on some of them. Despite the fact that he missed the net on some of them, he still had eight shots, and he just was snake bitten. It wasn't, though, for a lack of effort tonight from Cousins. Yeah, you're right. And and for a player who, you know, last night admitted it starts with him uh, in terms of, what you know, what, what the team needs to do and how they need to be better, uh, he definitely uh, tried putting that effort forward tonight. Uh, I'm sure the frustration is there right now when you don't uh, – Get, get either the equalizer or a goal early in the game to help the team out. And look, he finishes the night with just over 16 minutes on the ice, over 50% in faceoffs as well. And that's the thing the Sabres uh, really uh, have been doing much better at lately. I know it doesn't re- directly result in goals, but um, the team really doing much better in that area. So, you know, Cousins helped lean in the charge in that. Yeah, Cousins, I mean, he's snake bitten for sure. Yeah. I mean, he tonight, probably in terms of generating chances, was definitely at the top for Buffalo. He himself had, again, a handful of opportunities, maybe more. Eight shots, probably missed another three or four. He probably could have had double-digit shots very easily in this game. I'll be curious if maybe Paul's able to speak with Cousins here later on here. Hopefully, maybe he'll be available in the room 
Um, and as you said, Don Granado, we may get an update on Alex Tuck. That could be a real stinger. He grabbed the back of his leg, kind of the hamstring area, Pat, coming in on a rush as he was heading into the Nashville zone. Yeah, I think he was actually trying to get back and, and kind of track down a, yeah, a, yeah. a player. And, yeah, so that could be an issue for the Sabres going forward. And, you know, we know Tate Thompson's been out for a couple of weeks. The the, the issues for the team offensively started before him. But, uh, you know, you look at who, who can step up. And, look, Jeff Skinner also had seven shots on goal. So I know Dylan Cousins, we talked about him a lot tonight because of what he said post game yesterday. But you combine Cousins and Skinner. That's 15 of your 35 total shots on goal tonight from those two players. So they did try and create a lot of offense. Uh, and for Tuck, uh, and finished the night, 19 total shifts, just over 16 minutes. So he was out there quite a bit, and he was noticeable, I think, early on in the game. I would agree. Tuck had a real good opportunity on a wraparound late first period. Uh, they ended up, we believe, hitting the post on it. But uh, the Sabres getting themselves in a hole. Buffalo's only won one game all season in which they've, trailed after 20 minutes so you get behind in the first it's resulting in losses essentially every time yeah and for a team that used to score at will and he always felt like they never were out of it right, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a total opposite and again it comes back to yeah let's go down to the room victor olis is up first live with paul victor it seemed like when you got the penalty shot and after you scored the team really got going i mean you had all sorts of offensive opportunities and sorrows um, you know, made a lot of good saves there. As far as what happened, first of all, what happened? Uh, did you were you pretty sure you were going to get a penalty shot when you got hauled out? Um, yeah, uh, I feel like I didn't get an opportunity uh, to shoot on that breakaway, and uh, that feel usually uh, it's called a penalty shot. So uh, it was nice. What uh, were you thinking as you were going in? Uh, just kind of do what I've been uh, doing in practice and. Uh, keep it kind of simple and uh, worked out why were you guys able to generate so much offense after the penalty shot uh, you guys got a lot of good chances and Saros just made a lot of saves um we definitely got some momentum of that and uh we kind of let loose a little bit uh, i feel like we didn't really come out um strong in the first period and um uh, after we got uh, scored on a couple of times we kind of let loose and um was, was uh playing more freely and i feel like that's how we got to play right from the get-go were you surprised you didn't come out stronger with what happened last night uh, a little bit yeah um but um yeah we gotta uh, watch video and uh, get back to work here victor first did it feel like you guys were getting zone time early just a matter of, of creating early in that game yeah uh they kind of kept it uh tight in their d zone um so, but we got to get some guys to the inside and uh, get some greasy goals. I feel like we, we score uh, a lot of pretty goals, but we got to get those uh, simple ones and the rebounds because uh, uh, they're going to be they're going to weigh heavy in games like this. Victor, which one have you looked more like yourself in the last couple of weeks here? Uh, I don't know. I've been working hard and uh, just uh, trying to play my game, um, keep it keep it simple, and uh, take pucks in the net and uh, get a little bit more to the inside. I think. Victor, like Paul had said, you know, your shot and scoring and converting on that generated a lot of energy for the team, but what do you think will be the key to getting that spark off before it takes a play like that? I feel we can't be hesitant. We can't be, be feared out uh, or have play with fear out there. Um, we got to be, be loose and play freely uh, right from, from the start of the game and uh, not worry about too much. How challenging is it to manage just the ups and downs when it's, you guys are having trouble just getting stringing wins together at this point? Um, well, obviously, it's it's tough. Uh, you want to win every game, but um, 
it comes down to the details too. Uh, you got to have details in, in these tight games, and uh, it's tough to to be down two goals uh, after the first period and, and chase the whole game. What did it do for you guys for Uko to play the way that he did, just to just to keep it at two in the first period? Uh, yeah, I mean he's been playing great for us. He's been uh, coming up with uh, a lot of big big saves and keeping us in these games uh, uh, in, in the first period. So um, um, yeah, great job by him. But uh, we all got to help him out a little bit better. Thanks, Victor. Victor Olson, post game. Brian, back to you. All right, there is Victor Olofsson. He's third of the season, the lone tally for Buffalo. Sabres only had one shot at that halfway mark of the period when Olofsson officially scored at 10.02. Back to the room. Here's Dylan Cousins live. Dylan, after the penalty shot, you guys generated quite a bit of offense after that. I think you had eight shots yourself in the period. Uh, what was the difference, did you feel, before that and with all the creating you guys were able to do after that? Yeah, I, I feel like uh, right now we have we play two like it's just two different teams out there. Uh, we play a completely different way when we're down, um, and that's how we need to play right off the bat. We need to to play like we're desperate right 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 off the bat before we get down two goals because uh, you know it's tough to come back from that. And we've been doing that a lot lately, getting down early, and you know we just need to have better starts. I know it's frustrating you didn't score, but you also created a lot. As I said, you got eight chances. A lot of them were good chances and. Just to be able to create, are they just going to go in eventually for you? That's what you hope for, right? Um, you know, I got to score one of those one of those chances for sure. Um, you know, I get paid a lot of money to score goals, and I'm not doing that right now. So, um, you know, today I had those chances. I was getting set up left and right, and I couldn't find the back of the net. So, um, you know, I feel like uh, this game's a little bit on me. Why, why were you guys so good in the offensive zone? Because Nate, or I'm sorry, Benson was good in there. Um, Paterka was good in there. You were. Why was your line so good uh, in the forecheck? You know, those two guys are both so smart and uh, you know they're so easy to play with um, I played with JJ a lot so I kind of know where he's gonna be and you know uh, Benny just always seems like he's in the right spot always you know he's, he's one of the smartest players on the ice every night so um, you know it's been fun playing with those two guys and uh, you know we gotta, just got to keep going What's been missing from your game maybe at times this year you personally yeah I think um, you know there's been times I've lacked a little bit of confidence just uh, Based off a few things, and um, you know, I just need to skate with the puck, skate, skate with the puck with speed, and and you know, be willing to shoot, and you know, uh, not always try to make uh, a perfect play. You know, sometimes just getting it in behind, and you know, focusing on the uh, gritty things and the things you know you don't want to do. What's the key to you guys getting back to having that swagger that you you've, you've talked about, and not only you, but a few guys have just talked about that. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's kind of just playing with that, you know, desperation right off the bat. I feel like once we get down, we, we kick it into an extra gear and, and push a little harder and we kind of play, play fearless like we have nothing to lose because we're already down. And, um, you know, that's kind of how we need to play, um, you know, just right off the start. And I think uh, once we get one of those games where we feel like we're rolling, I think uh, we'll, we'll get our swagger back. We talked about how good Saros was, but how about your goaltender, uh, Lukanen? He really held you guys in in the first half of the game, made some great saves for you. Yeah, he's been uh, unbelievable this year. Um, you know, he's, he stepped up huge for us. He's kept us in games we probably shouldn't be in, as of all our goalies. So, um, you know, they've stepped up, stepped up for us big this year, and now it's time for us to do the same and score some goals. Yeah, I think um, just always just competing, you know, looking at every battle, um, you know, just always looking to do something that shift, whether it's finishing a check or winning a battle or getting a shot on net, always looking for something positive. And, you know, it's not always going to come. Sometimes you have to just grind out a D zone shift, but, you know, we have to be okay with that and, um, you know, set the next line up for success.
Thank you, Dylan. Dylan Cousins on the post game. Brian, back to you. Okay, Paul. Dylan Cousins, eight shots on goal. Unfortunately for he and the Sabres, unable to get one by UC Saros, who was tonight's number one star, Pat. As we got to probably credit both goaltenders in this game. Very, very good they were. Yeah, Saros made some big saves when he needed to, especially early on for Nashville. Kept it a score of this game to allow them to get those two goals. And then uh, in that third period, like the Sabres outshot Nashville uh, over those last couple of periods. So they put the shots on goal. Maybe not as many quality shots as the team would have wanted, but uh, quite a few of them. And Saros, he, he was the difference. Yep, for sure. Saros, the first star in this one. He's the electric player of the game. Brought to you by Town Ford. When you think Ford, think Town Ford. Well, the attendance tonight, 14,644. Saw the Sabres fall 2-1. to one. They'll be back home here Tuesday at 7.30 against Detroit. All right, for all of our local affiliates, we're going to say good night to you. If you want to keep listening to the postgame, go to WGR550.com or you can listen in on the Odyssey app. For all of you on WGR, more postgame coming up. We'll have Don Granado next. Paul Hamilton's take. Highlights, stats, scores, standings update all coming your way. Final from KeyBank Center, Nashville 2, Buffalo 1. I'm Brian Colziel along with Pat Malacaro and Paul Hamilton. This is the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Yeah, little did we know at that point, halfway mark just past the first period, but that would be all Nashville needed. Jakob Trennan's fifth of the year at 10.54 of the first. Put Nashville up 2 to nothing. That's your game winner, and it's the NOCO play of the game. Brought to you by NOCO, the official natural gas and electric supplier to the Buffalo Sabres. As we welcome you back here to KeyBank Center on the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show, 2-1 Nashville is the score. Uh, we're awaiting head coach Don Granado and maybe an update we hope on Alex Tuck. We saw him leave in the third, Pat. If Tuck is out at all, this could be a really devastating blow right now. He's been one of the few players that has actually offensively been finishing plays and scoring goals. Yeah, he and J.J. Paterka really have been the two constants offensively for the Sabres. Paterka from the start of the year and Tuck, it took a little bit to get going, but eventually did. And yeah, just seeing again a couple of times in the retweets and on the the video that you know, Tuck trying to get back defensively, you, j you just look and hope it's maybe just a tweak in, in something uh, very minor that that won't uh, maybe even keep him out of the lineup at all. Uh, hopefully, you know, in a situation like that for a team so devoid of you know their top goal scorer already in Tage Thompson, that would be it. Look at look at the the matchups coming up. Forget the Boston Bruins on Thursday. You've got Detroit here on Tuesday, a team that going into the year you you would have said. You need to beat them head-to-head -head because you're going to be fighting for them for a playoff spot. Right. And then you've got uh, Montreal on Saturday, which for whatever reason, uh, the Sabres have had trouble at home, period, but Montreal plays very well in this building. So those are four games right there, including tonight, uh, where you really have a tall task. Could be also there's 12,000 Hab fans always in these that too, games, right. too. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, on a Saturday night, I'm sure they're willing to make the drive wherever they're coming from in Canada to uh, to go and root on Montreal. But, yeah, I mean, we, we said this homestand. I mean, you got eight games here in December from the second from from the third to the 30th here, an opportunity to maybe try and do something. 
and uh, you start off 0-1-1. You can't even get a point. Not getting a 5-on-5 goal. I know they didn't have a power play, but the Sabres' power play has been pretty much giving them nothing anyway. To just not get one 5-on-5 goal over the course of three periods of play, like, I credit Soros. He played good, but somebody has to step up and make a play at some point. And that's what the team did last year. And it goes back to our conversation on the roundtable earlier t- tonight. That's the surprising thing to me is it's not as if the Sabres overhauled this roster thinking they needed to make big changes to get the team to the next level. The team was kept together, minor changes. Jordan Greenway was a positive addition uh, right around the trade deadline last year. This is basically the same team the Sabres got within a point of the playoffs with last year. And now that offense, special teams, has not been good from the start. And this 5-on-5 just has been so surprising to me, the lack of consistency uh, that they have shown. I would agree. All right, we're waiting for Sabres head coach Don Granato, 2-1 Nashville. Let's get in some final stats brought to you by Level Financial Advisors, helping you retire better. Visit levelfa.com. We mentioned individually Cousins, despite scoring, had a very high-energy effort, noticeable game, eight shots on goal, a good handful of quality opportunities. Skinner had seven shots on goal in the game. Darlene, a minus two. He took a penalty, played almost 28 minutes in this game. I'm sure there's some frustration in Darlene's game right now. This team, you know, he does so much. He expects so much. He expects so high, highly of himself, uh, and he takes these losses very hard. For now, I mean, it's, he's got to be feeling really frustrated. Yeah, and this is not a knock on, on Rasmus Darlene at all, but is he playing too many minutes? I mean, at some point, it's an 82-game season. Do you have to maybe, and then the, the, the team has, whether it be special teams on penalty kill because you added a couple of other pieces and you expect other players to step up. But, you know, at some point, do you just feel like maybe even dialing it back a couple of shifts here or there uh, so that Darlene has a chance to really, you know, give you everything he's got, uh, even though, you know, I'm not saying he takes shifts off, but playing so many minutes, it doesn't have a, you know, an effect where he's just not able to play to the level that he's capable. Yeah. And, of course, you mentioned Tuck uh, leaving the game in the third. Uh, he played 16-19 of ice time, had four shots on goal uh, in the course of that two-and-a-half periods that he played. So we're, again, waiting for the update on Tuck here as soon as Don Granato steps to the podium. We'll take you there live. Uh, that is our injury report brought to you by Losi and Ganji, Buffalo's workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys working hard for hardworking Western New Yorkers. Maybe he'll also have an update on Jordan Greenway. Didn't give one in pregame when he spoke with the media. Uh, We'll see maybe if there's one there. To lose Greenway with his toughness, uh, tuck offense and toughness too. I mean, this is a a bigger player on this team, a tougher player. Um, Man, the Sabres would be really, really down in that point. And, you know, at this moment, you know, you look at the scratches for the Sabres, uh, what they did coming into this game tonight. Greenway was injured. You had Eric Johnson and Jacob Bryson. You might be back in a situation where Don Granato might be either tempted to make a call-up or go that 7-11 again kind of setup that he's done a few times over the course of the last few weeks. Yeah, and uh, you know, for this team, what, either way, whether you're calling someone up from, from Rochester, um, you know, they're not necessarily going to – you would hope that they would add a little bit of offense, but is it realistic to expect um, you know, one of the prospects to come up and slide into one of those top roles, or if you roll 11-7, now you're talking about some of the players playing even more minutes um, than, than they are right now. Yeah. Appreciate you being with us here on our Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show. Brian Colziel, Pat Mellicaro, Paul Hamilton's down in the media room awaiting Sabres head coach Don Granado. Nashville.
beating Buffalo 2-1. to one. The Sabres will play the Wings here Tuesday at 7.30. Your drive home from the game, if you're listening on the way home from the arena tonight, it's brought to you by Paddock Chevrolet with you for the extra mile. If you want to uh, get in some tweets, you can do so and send me your thoughts here uh, at Brian WGR. We'll read some of these tweets here uh, coming here in just a little bit. Um, you know, some of these tweets coming in here, Pat, I know fans want to get right on the coaching staff. Don Granado is going to take some heat right now. We'll read a couple in a second, but Don Granado is going to take some heat until this team gets back going again. Yeah, I, I do think, though, it's on the players for, at this point because you've seen signs of it, and I will go back to it's the same team as last year. So if you know Don Granado, I think, puts together a, a pretty good you know, has a good feel for the game. We've seen some of the line combinations he's he's put up uh, together over the course of these last couple of years. To me, it comes down to the players. And, yeah, do, do coaches usually pay for it in the end? Uh, at some point, yeah, they, they usually do one way or another. But I don't think Don Granado is at the top of the list of you know, the reasons why the Sabres aren't succeeding right now. Yeah, Michael says having your players ready to play, that's a coaching issue. So we'll see like that. Jim says sounds like coaching, not being ready to go right away. Um, here's an interesting thought. We've been talking about Cousins. Mark tweets in and says, uh, you know, when Cousins says, hey, I get paid a lot of money to score goals, I ha- this game's on me. He says, is that the pressure of a new contract? It could be. And the, oh, some of the pressure of being a team that should be in the playoffs, a contending team. It's, it's one thing to be an upstart, young, fun team that has, you know, not a ton of expectations outside of the room. Every team in the league thinks – they're going to make the playoffs and to some extent. Now the Sabres are a team that's expected to make the playoffs and expected to do well. Don Granado is ready. Let's head down to the media room live. Such a difference between the play before the penalty shot and after because you created all sorts of opportunities afterwards. We did. We certainly did. We had we had a couple early in the first. Um, around the front of the net, I think Tuck possibly. Um, Tuck hit a crossbar, I think, after they scored their first or second. Uh, but we didn't have the energy, I think, that you're you're speaking of, or the confidence, mojo, swagger, uh, fearlessness, whatever, however you want to describe it. We were we were uh, hesitant to start. Um, obviously, we gave up a second goal right after the first one. I felt we were hesitant. I felt we at some point needed to snap out of it and. You referenced the, the penalty shot goal. I think we were a different team after that. Um, it needed to be a different team before that. How do you instill confidence in a group? Amid, right now, they, just, they don't feel good about their game, obviously. So how do, you, how do you get them in a place where that's on an issue? Well, you, you work to bring clarity of and bring a vision, you know, one sense, one way through videotape, another through just uh, ex- explicit show them situations that – what they look like and what they can do better, what they're capable of, which they're capable of more. Uh, but clarity. I mean, this is a situation we've been in lots of situations like this over the past couple of years um, from from two years ago. And, and you're in these and you need to bring clarity to them and, and a, a vision to them. And obviously uh, through one on one, through team, five guys playing together. And, you know, we will. We're, we're battling uh, a lot of different things right now, um, but we will. Coach, was there anything that your team did very well today that you feel like they did well? Well, again, at some point we had to respond from hesitation, a little bit of fear, and and play more aggressive, and we did that. We didn't convert. 
uh, from that point. But uh, but that's we needed to to we certainly the way we we started the game. Like I said, the start of the game was was okay, and then we got scored on, and it wasn't okay for a period. Uh, we, things changed at that point. That that was that was a good sign. Another level of determination and directness. He used his feet better. He skated more. He pressured more, um, and thought less. Um, you know, he's he's, and in my uh, assessment, he's he's overthinking. He's been played very frustrated. You guys know of the frustration he's carried, and harbored and, and pent up. And um, tonight, I thought he was used his legs and, and feet much better. Speed, quickness, jumped on pucks, and it, you know he it got him to the right place for several quality chances. He just didn't have the finish, but uh, but it created a lot. With this just sort of battling that right now, just worrying about making that mistake. I mean, especially when it comes to early deficits and everything. Yeah, it's it's absolutely on our guys' mind. Um, you know, you guys you guys do talk about it and, and starts and scoring first and everything else and uh, you know, you walk near that locker room and you hear them talking about it. So so it is. It's a it's a uh, you can't run from it. You can't hide from it. Yeah, they're they're it's on their mind, and um, you know this is uh, this is part of a process. Is dealing with pressure. We had lots of it last year. I mean, how many times we came in here and and and, and uh, had to fight through certain things, um, and and it's finding the way to fight through it. And um, you know we're we 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 I have confidence that the group will do that. Uh, they have done it in the past, and I know they will in this case. I just spoke to Alex, and we won't have an update on him, but we'll have updates on him tomorrow, Thompson tomorrow, and Greenway tomorrow. Um, you know, we'll find out how how long Tom Thompson has been progressing. Great, he's got a scheduled appointment tomorrow that we'll find out more um, where, where he's at specifically. But he's been skating. Um, hopefully, good news there, and and. Uh, Gergensen's as well. Uh, we'll find out more tomorrow. Get a better control of the emotional highs and lows that come with, you know, giving up a goal or uh, translating that into scoring. A I'm goal. sorry, Joe. You, you said about the highs and lows and the emotional highs and lows that, that the team yeah. seems to ride with giving up a goal or. Yeah. Is there a better? I'm sorry. The question. Better way to get a better control of those emotions. Well, again, you're, we're gonna we're gonna do what I mentioned to Lance. Is obviously we're gonna be. Putting in front of them as much as they can, they can see and feel. Whether it's visual, whether it's one-on-one -on -one conversation, to uh, to try to see the, the things you should focus on that would limit worry, limit concern, um, limit feeling pressure. That's you know perceived pressure that's affecting actual performance. Um, so yeah, there's things you do, um, and and um, we will continue to do that as we had in the past in these situations. Uh, it's a new level, you know. We're, we're we got to a certain plateau. You can't stay there. You're going to slip off if you try to stay there. I think you know through the early part of the season, we tried to stay there and hang on to last year a little bit. Um, you know, and our we, we you can't hang on to that. You got to find ways to be better, and uh, and we're experiencing that right now. Well, speaking of emotion, Cousins mentioned that it's easy to play the Sabers. What's your interpretation on that? Well, that's a lot of motion. I mean, when you lose games, I, I think if you look through 32 teams, there are certain nights that 
every team will say the same thing or it'll be portrayed the same thing. You've got to bring it every night. And uh, we, we need to bring that more consistently, more, more compete. And I've said that all along, more consistently. But when you, when you miss it one night, it's an awful, awful feeling. And, uh, you know, I think Dylan, uh, Dylan expressed that. With the types of saves that Lucan had made early on, did he basically keep you guys in the game until you found your game? Yeah, and Saros made a couple early too, so he kept them in the game. But absolutely, the goaltenders were both good early, and uh, you know I'm not sure uh, it, it, you know Upi saw the first one, but but he did, and he kept this uh, he kept things tight even through the game. Really, it was it was a game we were generating chances and chances to tie it, um, and and he had some intermittent saves in there at that time as well. As it comes to working off that plateau and rising to the pressure. As we've seen you guys play to this identity of being the Rangers, being the Avalanche, we know what the game is capable of. Why do you think it takes being provoked in order to get to that game instead of starting off that way? That, that's a great question, Rachel. And I think that those challenges force you to go on that ice and say, we better be ready to play. You know you play the Avalanche and the Rangers were the top team in the league. And um, you're, you, you know you have to be ready. And you're, there's just such an urgency to that. Um, that, that that pushes you past. Um, you, you know you might get run right out of the building if you're not ready to play. So your focus is dialed into that. And um, you know I don't want to say there's lesser opponents. I think the league is hard every night. Um, and you know there's within five percent the parity in the league from the salary cap is is there. And if you're off and 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 we're you know we've got to learn to bring it every night from the drop of the puck and. You know, again, it's it's there's a there's a psychology behind that which which I don't think we've been very good at, um, and when you're in this situation, it keeps showing you what you need to work on. And for us, it's the uh, getting the psyche in the right place. Coach, how much of that is buying into the system? Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, they're they're bought in. They like they they talk about it all the time. Getting to our game, the way we want to play, the way you know it excites them. Uh, the way you know, the way we've played in the past, and the way we played against teams that you know Rachel's mentioned is is uh, motivating and inspiring our guys. You can ask them that. All right, there's Sabres head coach Don Granato. Blue and Gold Locker reports brought to you by Roswell Park Comprehensive Cancer Center. Early detection of cancer is our goal. Get in the game at roswellpark.org/wgr. All right, you heard there the update uh, on Tage, or, I'm sorry, on Alex Tuck. There was no update. He said he spoke to Alex Tuck, but he didn't have anything to say about it. He also said there'll be an update on Tuck tomorrow and Tage Thompson uh, and Jordan Greenway. So uh, make sure you're following Paul Hamilton for that tomorrow. And Zemgus Gergensen's potentially as well. That's so right. a lot of in- injury news potentially coming tomorrow. That's right. All right, we'll take a timeout. When we come back, we'll get Paul's take and Pat's scoreboard as we return here on the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame. 2-1 Nashville, the final This is the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. On the right side, taken care of by Samuelson with a big hit. Here's a pass in front of Riley, saved by Lucan, and he's not sure where it is still. Now it settles in the slot, and Benson... Matias Samuelson there with our Clinton Collision hit of the game. Clinton Collision, we're there when you need a repair. We welcome you back 
Brian Colziel with you. 2-1 Nashville victorious. Sabres drop it to 10-13-2. Another night where the offense struggles and lets them down. The only goal came on a penalty shot. Nothing 5-on-5 five five for the entire 60 minutes. All right, let's go down to the media room. And Paul Hamilton is standing by here on our Upstate Honda Dealers postgame. Paul, maybe uh, again another tale of desperation kicking in. They're down to nothing or they get woken up by a goal of their own. It seems as though they are never quite fully ready to commit to playing here and then keep it going throughout here. It's another kind of tale of two teams scenario. Yeah, it is. I mean, they had 35 shots on goal and they got one goal as a penalty shot, so they didn't get any during, during play. And they give up two goals in a minute 14 in the first period and Lukanen shuts, slams the door. Wasn't it fault at either one of them? And they hold Nashville to 15 shots total in the last 40 minutes after Nashville got 14 in the first 20 minutes. So here you are, 23 of your 35 shots came in the last half of the game when you were putting all sorts of pressure on. And, and both goaltenders were phenomenal in this game. In my mind, they're the top two stars in this game. Lukanen first made some great saves um, early to keep the Sabres in the hockey game. And once uh, Buffalo got its legs after Olison scored at the 10:02 mark on the penalty shot, there's still a half a game to play, and it's 2-1, to one, and the Sabres put all sorts of pressure on the uh, Nashville Predators and Saros. And Saros, uh, who is an all-star goaltender, was up to the task and, and made the saves when he had to. What that in my mind, he, it didn't get any points, but that probably was Dylan Cousins' best game of the year. He had seven shots on goal. He created. Uh, he was all over them with that line in the second half of the game. Every time they got in the zone, they got in hard on the forecheck with Benson and Paterka. They created chances. They were all over Saros. Saros made some great saves. Um, they were around the net for looking for bouncing pucks, but unfortunately the pucks wouldn't settle down for them when they had bouncing pucks. And that's seven shots on goal that were on goal. Now, I believe he had two that were wide that were great scoring opportunities also. Or was that Skinner? No, that was Skinner that had two that were wide. Uh, Cousins had three that were wide. So that's ten shots. And a lot of them were quality opportunities helped out by the forechecking of Cousins, Benson, and Paterka as they spent pretty much the whole second half of the game in the offensive zone. Paul, let's talk about just the start again here. A, a 2 nothing deficit after 20 minutes. The team's only won one game all season when they've trailed after one. I mean, this is a team that last year, with the way that they played and the way that they scored, that you never felt like they were out of it. Um, it seems as though they always need some sort of um, either internal spark, the crowd booing them, um, well, their first work. goal. To yeah. <laughs> that they the got booed the off the ice in the first period, yeah. and the first 10 minutes of the second period were just as bad. Yeah, the Pittsburgh game, I'm remembering, they were booed after two, they came back. But, like, it seems as though there needs to be some sort of, like, dramatic event during the game to get them focused on playing. And it's the same question that Don Granado has probably asked six different ways over the course of the last week here is why can't you just start like that? And the players are, you know, Dylan Cousins said that too. I'm not really asking you for an answer here. I'm just, <laughs> if you well, have one, if you have an answer, well, then obviously it's the million-dollar answer here. <laughs> why can't it start through, right away? They weeded through that pressure last year. 
all sorts of different pressures that they had to get for the first time. Now we're sitting here 25 games into the season talking about pressure again. Well, if they didn't get it in the 82 games last year and they haven't gotten to the 25 games this year, are they going to get it? Are they going to be able to play under pressure? Or do they got a bunch of guys who aren't capable of playing under pressure? And that's what they have to find out. And it's different from last year. I understood last year totally where you had to find out what you, what you have, what you got, who are your core players, put them into situations for the first time ever to see how they react. This year is different. You have to bottom line this game. They lost. It doesn't matter that they played really, really well in the second half of the game for the last 30 minutes. What matters is that first 30 minutes where they were awful. And their goaltender held them into the hockey game, and they just they weren't there. How can you not be there after what went on last night? And you start the game again like that and then get yourself in a two-goal hole, you know, with giving up two goals in a minute 14. That's the kind of stuff they used to do a couple of years ago where they'd give up goals in bunches. You remember they were giving up three, four goals in like two minutes, and that was the hockey game. Then they, they'd shut them out for the rest of the game. And uh, that's starting to creep into their games again. And, you know, Kevin Adams can't sit still through this. I know he says you can't panic and you can't react to things, but it's not like he's panicking or reacting over three games. I mean, you're, you're over a quarter away into the season, and your team is just not getting it. They're not playing the way they're supposed to. They know what Don Granado's system is. They may, maybe they're excited talking about it, but they don't play it very often. When they do, they're a darn good hockey team. They're a very good hockey team when they play that system the way it's supposed to be played. But they don't do it that often. They did it against Colorado, 4 nothing win. They get it against the New York Rangers, 5-1, dominant win. And they just showed the kind of hockey team they could be if they ever would just play the system that, he, that he's teaching them. So it's, it's gotten to the point that it's, it, this is it. Either they can't figure it out and can't play it, aren't capable of it, which I know they are because I've watched them do it, but for whatever reason they don't do it, or they're not understanding their coach. So one of two things has to They either have to start making some deals and getting some guys in. They, they need some scoring badly. I mean, the way Tuck grabbed the back of his leg, I can't imagine he's going to be back Tuesday. Who knows? I'm not a doctor. Maybe. But, I mean, you've already got Thompson and Quinn out of your lineup, and that's, that's more goals out of your lineup. So the time has come to be looking to bring some goals in. And he doesn't want to trade his young talent, and he's going to have to. I mean, this, this team is not good enough. It is not built the way it should be. I have maintained that, and I am staunch on that. It is absolutely not built the way it should be. And they have to figure that out. Um, the guys they have in their bottom six are not what you need when, when you're putting a line together like Sezekis or Clutterbuck or a line that is very, very difficult to play against while your top six forwards do their thing. And then you got a line like that that does their thing. And I'm not talking about hitting. I'm talking about being hard to play against. That teams sit there, oh, are you kidding? we got to go against that line again? And that's what he needs to be looking for. I think they got one guy in Greenway who can play that way, but they got to get a couple of more. 
And if you got to start dealing your prospects for it, I, I just don't think this team is going anywhere until this this it can't be a top nine of great you know wild talent on the top nine. I mean, I, I think you've got to have that integration in on the team. They don't have it, and I don't think they are going to be good until they do have it. Paul, thanks for your work all day. Appreciate it. We'll uh, we'll be right back here on Tuesday when the Red Wings are in town. Okay. All right, Paul Hamilton down in the media room. Sabres fall to the Predators 2-1 to one as we bring it back up here to the press box. Pat Malacaro here with me, Brian Coziel. And uh, we're going to grab a call now. Let's go to Brian in Williamsville. Hi, Brian. You're on the post game. Go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to say um, UPL played great tonight. I think the defense um, is borderline good at times. I do think if they did trade a defenseman, my my or the person I wanted to see go is Samuelson. I know they signed him to a long-term extension. I get it. But he's not, he, he may not be the answer. You may have to find a better defenseman than him. You might have to find a couple forwards. But at this point, even if Quinn is healthy in a couple weeks, you can't put him in Rochester. you got to put him here. And right now you got to find someone that can be on the first line I put uh, – number nine there i know you don't want to do that but i i do it and then i probably put crabs on the second line and hope that jugs the second line a little bit and hope i bench even the captain for a game right now i am sorry but i would thanks brian appreciate it yeah lucanen played great i think uh what paul mentioned about you know prospects being moved i mean quinn kulik roseanne Savoy, there's a lot still in the cupboard here. Um, at some point, there's a lot of value to maybe, is there an opportunity, like what Paul said, Pat, to turn something around and get something that's maybe proven in terms of offense? Yeah, and it's also the recognition that, you know, when all is said and done, not everybody can be in the NHL. You don't have a spot for everybody. That's It's a good problem to have at times, right. and that allows you to make moves and, and allows you to go acquire talent, uh, not always just having a tradeaway draft pick. So, yeah, at some point, that the, there could be a conversation to be had about, you know, is it time to go to move a prospect? And, and what, you know, what are you going to accomplish? What, what type of player are you trying to get back? Because you're going to have to give up something uh, no matter what. Our first caller, it's time for our Serve Pro first response. You heard it right there. It's our Serve Pro Central Buffalo Team Luzzy. They respond first and faster to any size disaster. 2-1 Nashville. We'll take our final timeout, pet scoreboard, and we'll update the standings. Coming up next here on the postgame, the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame. 2-1 Nashville victorious. This is the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Trips him up a little bit. Nashville works it back to the line. And that shot hopped up a little bit. Big save made there. Ryan O'Reilly one-on-one with Luke in, who makes the stop. And then some shoving after the whistle with Sherwood and Peyton Krebs. Save of the game right there with Dan Dunleavy on the call. Brought to you by your Upstate Honda dealers to see the exciting all-new Honda lineup. Visit your local Upstate Honda dealer today. Welcome back to KeyBank Center. The Upstate Honda dealers postgame. 2-1 Nashville victorious. Buffalo dropping to 10, 13, and 2. We'll let you know where they sit in the standings here after this loss. But let's find out what happened in the rest of the NHL. 
One more scoreboard check. Here's Pat. Thanks, Brian. It's brought to you by Alex's Place in Batavia. Oh, man, now I want ribs. There's only one game still going in the league tonight. Late stages, third period. The Kings, thanks to a couple of goals from Quentin Byfield, lead the Avalanche 3-1, 3-0-3 remaining out in Hollywood. Wild 4-1 winners over the Blackhawks, while the Sharks dumped by the Rangers 6-5 in New York. And the Bruins, thanks to a natural hat trick in less than six minutes by Brad Marchand, defeat the Columbus Blue Jackets 3-1. To the NFL, where the Sunday night matchup between the Chiefs and Packers rolls on early in the fourth quarter. 14-51 to go in the game. Kansas City with their second touchdown of the night. Isaiah Pacheco on the ground, 17 for 108 and a touch. Just a touchdown pass moments ago by Patrick Mahomes getting Kansas City within two. They now trail 21-19 again, just beginning the fourth quarter. While earlier today, the Chargers used a pair of field goals to defeat the Patriots 6-0. New England shutout in Foxborough. The Colts 31-28 winners in overtime over the Titans, while the Lions win a track meet in New Orleans, defeating the Saints 33-28. Jets down by the Falcons 13-8. The Cardinals a 24-10 win over the Steelers, but the big news for Pittsburgh, potentially without Kenny Pickett for weeks, reportedly uh, will miss several weeks with an ankle injury. Dolphins get their ninth win of the season, defeating the Commanders the Commanders, 45-15. The Texans defeat the Broncos 22-17, snapping the Denver winning streak at 5. Buccaneers 21, Panthers 18, that's a final from Tampa Bay, while the Rams get to an even 6-6 six six on the year with a 36-19 win over the Browns. And the Niners with some a little bit of revenge against the Eagles for the NFC Championship where the Niners defeat Philadelphia in Philly 42-19. Local college basketball today, Quinnipiac uses overtime to beat Niagara 75-68 while Canisius falls by 2, 54-52 to St. Peter's. And one note from Major League Baseball as the baseball winter meetings officially kicking off in Nashville tonight with the announcement of the Baseball Hall of Fame's Contemporary Era Committee selection of Jim Leland. He'll be joining the class of 2024 for the Major League Baseball, or the Pro Baseball Hall of Fame, Brian. All right, busy sports day. Bill's got a little help with the Browns losing and the Steelers losing, Broncos losing. So next up, the Chiefs. And the Chiefs losing right now at Lambeau. That's a good game. Yeah, 14-51 to go in the game, down by two. So an entertaining finish up coming. Yeah. All right, so the Sabre loss keeps them 22 points. Let's look at the NHL standings brought to you by Native Pride and Tall Chief Cigars. Stand tall with Native Pride. Well, Buffalo continues to go down in the standings. Montreal is now past them. Sabres with 22. Only Ottawa is worse in the Atlantic with 18 points. But Ottawa, Pat, has six games in hand on Buffalo. So they could be uh, ahead of Buffalo before you know it here. Yeah, it's tough. And, you know, Montreal will be here less than a week from now. So that's a game. It's not a must win, but it's a game you need to pick up two points in. It's going to uh, feel like it. <laughs> yeah, it really will. Uh, and, again, another home game. And you, you mentioned it. We were talking in the second intermission. There will be a lot of red and blue, uh, a lot of fans coming down probably from Welland to, in, uh, in, the, in the southern Ontario area. So uh, it will be a very pro-Montreal crowd for uh, what is usually a lively night. Yeah, the only other team below Buffalo in the entire Eastern Conference is Columbus, and they play the Blue Jackets twice this month. So I'm sure Columbus will think, hey, these are opportunities for us to move up when they face the Sabres or teams that are right above them. Um, yeah, the Sabres got some work to do here. They are putting themselves in their traditional November-December hole here 
And, you know, if you want to talk wild card, well, right now the team that's in the wild card has 26. The Sabres are 22. You're four back, which, again, doesn't seem like a ton. But you've got Montreal, New Jersey, Pittsburgh, Tampa, Philadelphia, all in between even before you can get to that Islander team. And that was the thing last year for the Sabres. They got to pretty much where they needed to be, finished one point out of the playoffs, but they had to jump a lot of teams just to get to that point. That's right. Well, the Red Wings are one of those teams uh, that'll be here next. We'll preview that game in a moment, but let's uh, grab one more call here before we go. Let's go to Mark next here on the post game. Hi, Mark. Go ahead. Hey, Brian. Listen, um, just a couple things. Uh, you're pulling a goalie. Does Power give you any confidence that he's going to do anything? He has little or no offensive skill. Put another forward out there. Okay. Number two, I'm going to cut Granado some slack. Um, does he ever sit? I'm sure he does. I don't really notice it. Players, when they make obviously bad mistakes, just sit him a couple shifts. I realize he does. He feels he probably doesn't have anybody to put him in. And number three, have you ever seen two defensemen with size like Powers and Sabson play so soft? There's like no emotion. I mean, it's incredible. I think Powers has has regressed. I think Powers been very inconsistent this year. Thank you, Mark. Um, there's times where I think you know we have to remember how young he is. Remember, he you know came in off of being a number one overall pack uh, pick, and played well. Um, I'm not throwing uh, an excuse out for him. I think what you're watching is correct. I think he has been very inconsistent this year. Samuelson, to me, some of the decisions he's done with the puck this year, turning it over, uh, it's some of the worst I think that we've seen in his time with the Sabers. Um, power is not going to be the physical monster that maybe Samuelson is so to compare those two physically i know power maybe is a bigger person but that's just not what owen power is going to do samuelson should be as tough as they have on defense yeah those are two players that are vastly different in the offensive side of the game for power and that's another player that you you may have expected more in terms of just contributing points to this team uh again one of those things that made the sabers so successful was they were getting contributions not from the four just from the forward ranks but the defensemen as well were chipping in goals assists creating plays and offense and for owen power and just going through it right now and i'm sure this is the point where it feels like it's never going to turn around you know at some point it gets in the player's head but as soon as a couple of whether shifts or games where you pick up uh points maybe something on the power play you know whatever it gets rolling and then you're going to see a different player all right, so Detroit coming up on Tuesday. Pat, what's uh, what's the South Buffalo crowd buzz right now here for possibly a Patrick Kane debut? Yeah, how about that last year? So it was always one game when the Chicago Blackhawks came to town. Last year, because he was traded to the Rangers right around the deadline. Twice. Twice yes. in, later in the season. So, And, uh, you know, you get, uh, New Jer- or, uh, you get uh, the, the Red Wings in here on, on Tuesday. First meeting here at the arena. For these teams this year, radio-only game. Dan and Rob, only place to hear them is right here. That's right. Is that an e- I think it's an ESPN, ESPN Plus, Plus game, yes. yeah. That's right. And Detroit will be here again in March. So if Kane, for some reason, doesn't play in this one, uh, you'll have that opportunity in March. But my, my bet is he, he wouldn't mind making his Red Wings debut here in Buffalo. Yeah, definitely. And I know the, the crowd uh, that always is here for uh, an extended friends and family group that – always comes out to see him would, would be here and, and be boisterous. So, yeah, I'm sure the, the hope and the, the, the want is to, to play in that game. And just to finish off here what you said about Montreal, 
beyond the Kane storyline, the head-to-head matchup with Detroit, that's a team you're going to have to be ahead of at the end of the year to make this team into a playoff team. Yeah, and Detroit made a lot of moves in the offseason. It made a big move in acquiring Alex Dabrinkit from Ottawa. Uh, just didn't work out there. He, and talk about you know familiarity with Patrick Kane. You know, that could be another uh, one-two combination for Detroit uh, whenever they're, if they're paired together, that could make them a very difficult offensive team. That's right. Okay, Pat, good job tonight. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. Let's put a wrap here on our Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show here from KeyBank Center. want to thank TJ Luckman, our network producer, Tom Maddy, our engineer, Pat Malacaro, Jonathan Cozio, Paul Hamilton, all here, part of our crew at KeyBank Center. And for Dan Dunleavy and Rob Ray, I'm Brian Colziel. Thank you for listening. Again, the final Nashville 2, Buffalo 1. We'll see you here Tuesday night for the Detroit Red Wings right here on the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Good night, everyone. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.